massage friends. This is Stephanie, your host, and you are listening to the USO LMT Massage Podcast. And today I have two great guests with me. I have Vicki Winston and Brenda Howell, and we'll be talking about several different topics today on this episode, including blending luxury with therapeutic massage, networking, and the misclassification of massage therapists in our industry. So before we get into it, let's have our guests introduce themselves. So which one of you wants to go first? Go ahead, Brenda. Alphabetical. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm a massage therapist. I own a clinic and a school. <laughs> Where are you from, Brenda? I am from California. California. I grew up in California. I live in North Carolina, so I am I am licensed in the state of North Carolina. I have been a therapist for seven years. Um, I've had my clinic for seven years, and I've had my school for a year now. Hmm. Oh wow, that's amazing! That's great progress in seven years. It's not the normal thing. Yeah. Good for you. That's, that's awesome. I love it. Um, and then how about you, Vicki? Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I've been practicing since 2001. I've done just about everything you can do as a massage therapist, own my own clinic, I've been in education. I currently am the interim program director for Run State Community College here in Oak Ridge, or it's about 20 miles north of, uh, of Knoxville. And I've simplified my private practice and I just see uh, clients in my home upon occasion. And I'm, I'm PRN with a luxury spa that's uh, about 40 minutes uh, south of here in Wallen, close to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. First thing I wanted to talk about, thank you guys both for being on the show, by the way. Thank you for being here and coming on, being willing to talk about all of these things. So um, let's talk about therapeutic massage. What is therapeutic massage and what makes it different from other types of massage? I feel like this is a question that we could answer for some massage therapists and even the public. Sometimes they don't really know what the difference is. Mm -hmm. It's true. And I I don't know if, if Brenda and I will agree, but so I'll, I'll let her go first because I've got my version of what I think therapeutic is. And she probably has her version of what she thinks therapeutic is. And no one out there is going to agree with either one of us. So (laughs) (laughs) I would say all massage, all massage therapy is therapeutic, all Mm -hmm. of it, whether it's relaxation, sport or medical, it is all very therapeutic and very beneficial has different points, different focuses, different outcomes, but therapeutic has lots of different outcomes. I mean, there's a need for different types of therapeutic massage. Mm-hmm. So it was to make that clear. So I, I don't like saying that relaxation or spa massage is not therapeutic. I, I would disagree with that. I, I would say it is therapeutic. It can, someone who walks in with a majorly stressed out day and they get pampered, and they walk away feeling a million bucks. That's therapeutic. It mm-hmm. is. Yeah, it is. And I'm talking from someone who is a medical massage therapist. So don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to ever think that a therapist if decides to focus on relaxation, spa work or anything like that should have any less credit than anything else. Yes. Thank you. I love mm-hmm. it. Agreed. Yeah, we agree. We do agree. We do agree, Vicky. <laughs> <Yay! laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I think that's a common refrain um, in in the crowd that that kind of has seen it all, has seen kind of both sides and how beneficial both sides can be. I like to um, 
tell my students or, or ask my students to reflect on the fact that uh, we're talking about pressure, pace, intention when we talk about massage in general you know those are things that come up um, when you're trying to put together a session plan what what are the ways that you're going to help this person it comes down to assessment and it comes down for for us it comes down to um, being able to meet that client where they are whatever it is that they want to accomplish now when we start using the buzzwords that define the work that we do i think that's where it kind of gets confusing for people um, especially if you're new in the industry, you know, you, you've identified with a certain group of therapists or, or someone, you know, you were an athlete and, and someone who was in a clinic helped you and they used the right buzzwords and it got you fascinated in the work, or, you know, you went to, uh, you went on a cruise and, and that was the first experience you had with massage. Um, so I think the lens through which we look through the work is really important first to consider um, personally and not judge it from there because both sides, like Brenda said, have benefit, whether it's to address the nervous system in a way that's calming or stimulating, you know, I mean, obviously it's all stimulating, you know, there's a perimeter alert when you cross the boundary of the skin, you know, um, so it's all stimulating. It's where we go from there and the outcome, like Brenda said, is for us, what's important? Um, how are we meeting that client where they are, making sure their needs are being met as opposed to imposing what we think is going to be accomplished by the end of the session? Right. I, I feel like there's something that happens in our industry where we get very caught up in the type of work that we do and we pick a side. We say we're medical massage practitioners, we are therapeutic, we're this, or you know, you're a spa practitioner. So all you do is that fluff and buff stuff right? Mm -hmm. We, we hear this in our industry and it's just like, we all kind of do the same thing. I mean, they're just different techniques, different modalities, different things that, you know, the bells and whistles that we add onto our massage are different, but we still are having the same type of outcome. We're still relieving pain. We're still relieving stress. We're still doing all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's just, it's more like an internal conflict than something that we should bring forward to our clients. Right. Yeah, I definitely see that. Um, I would say that I don't think we're all getting the exact same results because a relaxation therapeutic massage is different than a medical focused massage. Well, explain the, explain your take on the difference between, um, what does medical massage bring to the table as opposed to, um, and this is completely because I want, I want the right language to use when I speak to my students and I want the right language to use when I speak to the public about the difference between the two. Now I've, I've got a little bit of training. Um, I worked with chiropractors and, you know, and I've, I've, I've got the degree, but as far as having uh, what we consider continuing education credits or whatever, um, certification, whatever kind of title we put on a medical massage practice, what does that look like as opposed to, um, so what kind of language can I use when I talk to my, my students and my clients? And I think that's where a lack of, we've lost so much education in the massage industry, in the massage world mm -hmm. since, you know, since, medications have come in the 80s right. 90s massage therapy has just been put on the back burner while pharmaceuticals have really really grown and and since then the spa world has 
picked up and that's been huge. And that's where, you know, I've come from. That's where all of us modern therapists are now sitting at. But massage comes down to there's only seven techniques. All the modalities in the world boil down to a combination of seven techniques. And it's how those techniques are used. And it's the understanding of how the body actually works. That's medical massage. So like a session that I would have for someone who's coming in with I'm like severe sciatica. I'm, I'm talking about severe sciatica to the point where if I don't help them, it's surgery is the next, the next step. Mm-hmm. And to be able to get them out of pain within three weeks, I'm seeing them for maybe 30 minutes at a time. I'm not seeing them for an hour. I'm not seeing them for 90 minutes. Certainly not seeing them for a huge long two hour session. I'm seeing them three, four times in a week. I'm mm-hmm. not seeing them. We'll come back in two weeks. I'll see you next month. I'm seeing them you know, a very regimented schedule because the body is going to respond to what I'm doing. And I know how the body is going to respond to what I'm doing. So you're not going to get that on a spa. You're going to, you know, it's relaxing again. Relaxation is very therapeutic. Um, But it's like you were talking earlier, the intention is different. I'll have clients get up and walk around right in the middle of their session. It's mm-hmm. not uncommon. I'll keep lights on because I need to see the skin color changes. Mm-hmm. I'm more concerned with a very specific outcome versus a whole body relaxation. I'm not going to do a client comes in and they, they say, I can't turn my head, do a full body focus on the neck and shoulders. I'm not <laughs> going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just work on that. Whatever is causing the problem, not mm-hmm. everything else. That, that really is a difference. But really, in the end, it's the same techniques. It's how the techniques are applied. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Agreed. And the intention of, of those techniques, for sure. And I, I think the environment is is something that that kind of differentiates between like uh, between relaxation and relaxation and um, more medical based massage, definitely the environment. What, what, and I don't know if we want to segue into bringing luxury into that environment, um, if you're ready for that or not, Stephanie, but that's, yeah, that was actually kind of my next question, because I feel like people sort of, when you say therapeutic, the public thinks, I feel like they think more clinical, like it's more mm-hmm. clinical. Maybe it's more medical. It, there's more of a sterile environment that they're walking into when they hear that word, right. <clears throat> Cause they connect that with therapy. They connect that with a doctor. Right. So it's kind of one of those things that's sort of ingrained. I think that's where people's brains go. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the environment, like that kind of environment, I'm not saying that it can't be luxurious, but that's part of the blend, right? Mm-hmm. How do we blend that um, and bring that luxury in too? So they can feel relaxed and they can feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's completely possible to do, um, a, a version of the work that Brenda's talking about that more focused, more intended kind of therapeutic uh, let's find and focus zero in on the pain problem um, and try and, you know, do our little gypsy magic and, and make it, make it better um, and, and feel better. And I think we can, I think we can do that in a, in a relaxation environment if the attention is there. Um, and I think we do that in ways that, that have been, have been shown to, kind of make the nervous system calm down you know because when you're when you've got somebody who's in pain they're they're 
they're stressed. I mean, they've got, you know, or what we what we believe is happening is that they're stressed and they've got, you know, uh, maybe some anxiety and maybe that's going to contribute to some of the hy- hypertrophy, um, some of the, the pathology of the pain. If they have that, they're constantly bracing against the next step that's going to kill them, you know, when they move. And so they're, they're automatically on high alert. They're, they're, you know, everybody's at attention in the body. Um, and so just entering an environment that uh, has soft lighting and nice smells and, you know, and an inviting environment can help kind of relax that peripheral stress, if you will. Um, and then the serious work can begin of zeroing in and is this the spot that is the problem and is this the motion that's the problem and you know you can get into to some of your assessments um i th- i think that a lot of therapists that go to work for clinics and spas that they struggle with this they don't think it's you know they they walk in thinking they're not going to be able to do the kind of work the therapy or the the whatever the cr- the crowd's going to call deep tissue or whatever um using the muscle energy techniques and the the long assessments and things like that they that's the work that they think that is going to be the most helpful and they walk into environments like a spa or like a clinic and they don't think they're going to get to do that um but i think that if they take the time up front to, to, to do the, at least a verbal assessment to kind of find out where the client is as far as pain and what their goals are for the session, then they can do some of the work that Brenda's talking about and zero in on, you know, spot and maybe, maybe not three times a week, but at least they come see me and they're calmed down and then they go see Brenda and they can start working on the, the functional aspect of the problem. I would say that the expectation that the client comes to us with makes it very hard. I will admit that a client will come to me saying, oh, I, my, I can't turn my neck. It really hurts. And then I'm like, okay, so what are you, so I'm, I'm hearing the goal for your session and let's, let's fix this neck. No, no, no. I want a whole body. I want to relax. Just, just, you just spend a little extra time. So right. then you're, you're getting as therapists, we get a lot of mixed signals from our clients. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because they don't understand the power we really have. And honestly, their intention may very well be to just relax. Mm-hmm. And, and that's okay. I can do that too. We can all do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we've all had those clients where, you know, I have this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem, fix me an hour and let me fall asleep while you're fixing me. You know, yeah. so we, we get yeah. mixed signals from our clients as well. So we want to, we're people pleasers. I mean, as massage therapists, as a, as a profession, we are people pleasers. Um, we want to please our clients. So we don't know how to please our clients other than they're, um, I don't know what you want. So let's kind of take a little bit of both and combine it. So you're happy. Mm-hmm. Um but I personally have found when I kind of gently, of course, put my foot down and say, what do you really want me to do? What do what, what is your, what is your goal of this session? Mm-hmm. Clear expectations on both sides. And we go, and if they really just want to relax, I will do a great relaxation session and then honestly tell them, Hey, you can get the exact same thing from another therapist that works with me. That probably doesn't cost as much as, as I, as I might cost. Mm-hmm. and um and might be better at it because that's what they love doing and they're you're usually better at something when you love doing that particular mm-hmm. thing 
That's true. Yeah, that's true. So, um, any other ways, Vicky, that we can blend that luxury with therapy when we're talking about stuff like this? I mean, definitely the environment I think can make a difference. You know, even like a couple of years ago, maybe it's like three or four years ago, I was reading some stuff about how they were starting to do this in dentist office where they were creating like the dental spa, right? So mm-hmm. then they create this super luxurious, relaxing, like waiting room and they they change it from like sterile to very inviting in the dentist room because people go to the dentist with all this anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. And that right. really helped to calm people down, you know? So just putting them in that environment, even like medical environments are starting to kind of pick that up, like, like, yeah, that really does help people stay right. calm. It's, it's amazing what, what a fish tank will do <laughs> to a to a lobby and to, to calm people down for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you know when we're talking about treatment strategies or or session strategies, um, I use I use hot towels uh, and skin brushing and um, oh, let's see aromatherapy. Those those are the big three for me. I think when you're um, creating a sensory experience, you want to kind of confuse you know things or you want to to kind of close the gate on that pain. Um, utilizing uh, tact, tactile sensory, uh, experiences that they, that, that are really concrete for them, that they, they go, wow, that feels different, not necessarily great, but it feels different than what I'm feeling now. Um, I, I, my students, I teach them six, uh, a routine with six hot towels. Um, I teach them how to use the hot towel and a decolletage on the face, the back, and both feet. Um, I incorporate feet right in the middle of my session as opposed to either at the beginning or the end. Um, and those, you know, the, the feet are, I, I like to use a, a topical peppermint uh, for those who can tolerate it, you know. Um, and honestly, I, I we have so much a warning about allergies and such after 20 years of practice and, you know, over 15,000 sessions, I have a handful of people that didn't like peppermint, you know, like literally maybe five. Um, So I think incorporating those in any environment can be, can be helpful. I really like using a hot towel in the decolletage um, across the chest here, uh, especially at the end, because it, it encourages a deep restorative breath. Um, which we know that, you know, the, the diaphragm kind of slides over the vena cava and the, the aorta and the cisterna or you know, the, the thoracic duct. Fluid can be moved with deep restorative breaths. Um, so that helps with the lymphatic drainage aspect of, uh, of work, um, you know, moving that interstitial fluid into those lymphatic uh, blind ends um, to get that um, benefit from the work that we're doing. Um, deep restorative breaths, definitely sensory experiences, you know, the, the heat, the, that's, that's one half of hydrotherapy or contrast therapy, you know, hot and cold, we can do that with cold stones, hot stones. What do we know about contrast therapy with pain relief? A lot. You know, there's a lot of science out there that supports contrast therapy and, and hydrotherapy. Um, and that's what hot stones are. That's what hot towels are. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of those small details that you can add to your service um, that can be therapeutic and luxurious. You know, you can have both. You really can have both. Yeah. Brenda, do you use any of that sort of stuff in your medical practice? No, 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 no. <laughs> what do you think about it? Like what's oh, your opinion it's, it's on that? Great. I, hot towels are wonderful opening up the skin. Um, 
I, I, for my lymphatic drainage work, I definitely see the benefits of all that. I'm just a very simple, bare bones type of girl. Um, I, I have a case, she's in stage two lymphedema and I, it's, it's not an, a limb thing. It's hard to explain that she was damaged um, at the sub, at the, the sub, up here. And it was a domestic, it was, it's a horrible, horrible case, but we can keep her everything at bay with this thoracic pumping and a little bit of drainage there. So I see her a couple times a week, but only for 15 minutes because mm -hmm. it's just enough to help her keep everything at bay with her constant life compressions that she's in and she will have it for the rest of her life. And mm -hmm. we are getting to know each other really, really well mm -hmm. with that case. Um, so for that case, because money for her is an issue, the shorter I can keep the session, the more benefit it is to both of us. Mm -hmm. So while I'm not one to really, I don't do 15 minute sessions, and I'm sure there's going to be manual lymphatic drainage therapists out there going, well, you can't do that in 15 minutes. And they're probably right, but we're, 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 we found a happy balance that works. So, you know, mm -hmm. a little bit of drainage um, in the subclavian region, thoracic pump. And that's all I need. And then she drains. It, it works for her. Um, I don't understand all the science behind that exactly, but we found it to be working. And so we're doing it. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, it's only 15 minutes. So that, that helps. That helps her. Yeah. I think there definitely is a, a huge market for that. Like I've talked to tons of chronic pain patients who say, you know, massage therapy is too long. It, sometimes those hour long or 90 minute sessions where you think you can really help somebody out. Sometimes it makes them feel worse, you know, mm -hmm. and there, there really are people out there that will avoid massage therapy because it hurts them, you know? So, uh, definitely there's a market for the 15 minute spot treatment. You know what I mean? There's, it's huge. And I think uh, what Brenda mentioned about the cost um, being cost prohibitive. Absolutely. I mean, uh, how many patients have we seen over the years who have had, you know, we're the last line of defense. So they have spent thousands of dollars on practitioners, you know, medical, medical doctors and, and trainers and, you know, acupuncture, all, all the things. And they finally end up on our door and we, we tell them, yeah, you have to come back so many times at this dollar amount. I mean, that's, that's, and we might be able to help you, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. we have to really keep their financial health in mind. That will add to stress also. Um, and that's, that's one of the things that, that folks in, in the luxury environment have to combat is, you know, you've got spa owners that want that return business, but not everybody can afford $125 for a 50 minute session, you know, twice a month or twi twice a week, you know, and then sometimes that's what they think we're supposed to tell them that they need. That's not us. I need to find, I need Brenda's phone number, you know, I need to find the Brenda's in my, in my region to make sure that this client is taken care of. I'm not going to gaslight them and oversell them on an assessment, you know, that I can't help them with to increase my bottom line. That's not, that's not patient centered care. That's operator, you know, belief that I'm the one that's fixing you. It's not, it's not your relationship with the body work that's helping you. It's, it's me uh, that's fixing you. And I need to charge you a premium for that multiple times when 15 minutes is what helps her. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, 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 that's, that's cost, cost effective. I think it's responsible uh, stewardship of our client's money and time. 
um, and it helps protect us our physically. I think if I were back in a spa full time right now, I mean, I'm 54 years old. I, I've been doing this a long time. I'm pretty broken. Um, I, I wouldn't be able to earn the money that I want to earn uh, because I wouldn't be able to manage the, the caseload, the client load, you know, but, but being able to do work like Brenda does, translating the work that I do into a more therapeutic, more com compact treatment, I think would be helpful for some therapists to be able to say, I can do that. I can do that too. Um, what I, I'm curious, Brenda, what you've got, you've got some training in lymphatic drainage. You've got some training. What, what other kinds of like suggestions for students? Cause I'm, I'm all about my students right now. I've got a cohort of four. They're about to, they're done with their second semester. They're about to go into their externships. And, and I want to be able to make sure that they have, you know, the right language for the direction that they want to go in, because I'm not, I'm not, I, but I've done a lot in my career, but you know, I definitely zeroed in on what was effective for me um, and what, what I loved. So I want to make sure that they have the other side of it, Brenda, what do you, what do you suggest for a student right now? What do you tell your students when they go out? What kind of modalities are they looking for? <laughs> well, I have only six students and they're my first class. So oh. we're learning together. Like the school is brand new. Um, we were approved by the state in October, so January. Congratulations! Um, yeah, we're the we're the newest school in North Carolina. Wow! Um, and um, but anyways, I've been telling them like, well, right now it's really interesting because they're actually in the modalities class. So mm -hmm. their first set of hands-on classes I taught them was I call it their techniques class. Mm -hmm. I did not teach them Swedish massage. I did not teach them anything like that. I taught them effleurage, kneading compression, mm -hmm. vibration, passive. I taught them the seven techniques. Right. And you know what? I didn't even teach them how to put it together. It came together naturally for them. You know, it's natural. You know, of course, we taught them why you would use this, when you would use that, and the physiology behind everything. So that's the first section. Now they're in modalities or nearing it. So they're getting introduced to like myofascial. They're getting introduced to tie and reflexology. And of course they need to study the Asian modalities because it's on the MBLEX. They need, they need to be introduced to that. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting seeing how the students are starting to perk up things that, that draw their attention. Mm -hmm. So I haven't really told them one direction or not to go in. I mean, they've all started saying like, oh, that's just that technique and that technique put together. I already know how to do that. I'm like, yeah, right, you exactly. You actually exactly. do know how to do it. Um, and just perfecting it now is that's all they're doing now for the rest of the year is perfecting it and, and memorizing their muscles. <laughs> right, and right. Getting ready for that test. <laughs> lots and lots of lots and lots of muscles. I have. I just wrote their final yesterday for their yeah. class. <laughs> um, so I haven't really gone a lot into it. Then the last part of of the program is going to be a medical massage mainly because that's my passion and I want to see the goal of my school is to develop the science behind it mm -hmm. and I really felt that if you can do that you can do anything you can mm -hmm. go anywhere you want to go in this field um, even if they just take one or two things from medical and they decide to go the tie route they'll understand what sciatic is and the basic principles on how to correct it mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I can tell them who I study under, and I study under an MD myself, um, so take his classes. <laughs> the Dr. Ross Turkovich, so he's, he's really neat. Good. I like that. It's good. Yeah. I think, um, I think one of the things that we could do 
two things um, during that conversation that I had thought of when you guys were talking. First of all, you were talking about how as a spa therapist, we could refer out to a medical massage therapist when we have a client. That's one of the ways that we can really work together Right. Mm-hmm. And kind of like yeah. bring things together for our industry because, you know, we internally, it's kind of like, we're just, we have this divide, but we can really help each other in a way that mm-hmm. makes sense where we can refer clients to each other. So Brenda, when you've got that client that wants to, you know, they want to come in and they want to relax. Cool. Well, you give them the treatment, but you know, refer them to someone who loves doing that type of thing and vice mm-hmm. versa. Mm-hmm. Right. I have clients who see me specifically for certain problems and they see another therapist at another clinic for their regular maintenance, relaxation, stress relief massage. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely love to see more of that. And I think we need to start mm-hmm. talking about that in our industry. Um, you know, cause instead of having that like divide, we can bridge that gap right there just by being like, Hey, if you have clients that need this type of help, then send them to me and I'll send mine to you that need you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think instead of, you know, us talking about, I know we talk about deep pressure, light pressure, whatever. I think we need to talk about it, the, the intention of, of the focus of the massage. And for me, I think my focus uh, could either be biomechanical or biochemical, which, which way am I going to go with, with the massage? You know, the biomechanical aspect is going to look more at the kinesiology. It's I'm going to utilize more movement, more range of motion assessment, more, more of that kind of stuff. The biochemical, I want to, I want to work on, you know, uh, definitely bringing the nervous system into, uh, uh, you know, parasympathetic nervous system response. I want to take that fight or flight and move it out of their experience almost, you know, completely. Um, And I can even match both of them within the same session. I had one of my massage instructors years ago, she said, yeah, you can put the pressure on them, make them hurt, but you have to make nice afterwards. You can't, you know, you can't leave them in that state of stress if you've, if you've been eliciting pain. And, uh, you know, the, the longer I go as a massage therapist, I realize that my goal is not to elicit pain. You know, I want to find out where it is, get them just to the point of, take that big restorative breath. And then, you know, when we're done with that work, flip over, let me put some hot towels on your feet and get some restorative sleep. Let me train you how to sleep. Because I think physicians now are, uh, every time I go to the doctor and they tell me what I need to do to either lose weight or, you know, change my blood pressure, whatever, how are you sleeping? That's their first question. How are you sleeping? And if I don't say, you know, the we're supposed to get whatever, seven seven hours a night. Um, I'm up at night with pain. I'm up at night with cats. I'm up at night with, you know, snoring, whatever, apnea. Um, And those things can contribute to my inflammatory response in my body. They can contribute to the stress level during the day. They contribute to my weight gain um, and my cravings and all of that. So restorative sleep is, is imperative. So that's, that's where that duality comes in. I can I can approach from a biomechanical perspective when the client asks for that. And I can also definitely, I mean, I for me, definitely approach from a biochemical standpoint and making sure the nervous system, the endocrine system and the digestive system, respiratory system, all of that homeostasis is something that I consider when I when I choose to 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 work on somebody or when I choose what direction I'm going to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we can do both. Yeah, we can. I love that. <laughs> Um, I love that there are so many different options in our industry and, you know, you can just take things however you want to take it. Um, and, you know, even Brenda, you were just talking about that where, you know, you give them enough, uh, medical to give them an idea of what it might be like to where they can go and do the research themselves. And I think that 
all massage therapists really need to have that. Uh, one of the things that I was thinking about when you were talking is that, um, we, the schools can kind of teach us like, and both of you have kind of alluded to it. Like you both have schools and you both kind of teach those things that you're passionate about and that you're really good at, you know, and every school is different. Not every school is going to teach the same type of thing. Um, but I think it's really important that we give our students enough to balance themselves when they come out, right. So that they can make an informed decision of where do they really want to go with massage? What are all of their different options? And there's so many of them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. The real education <laughs> comes after school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my goal with my school is, is really just a foundation, a solid foundation. So regardless of where they want to go with their careers, they've got that sound because it doesn't matter if it's relaxation, medical sports, it, it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm if they don't know a hamstring from a respiratory muscle, you know, (laughs) they kind of need to know a little bit about what they're touching. Yeah, definitely. They still call in their scaps, their angel wings, like something is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, I had a client do that one time and I thought that was so funny. Um, they, they call them all different kinds of names, like the rotator cup. Yeah. Rotary rotary cup. Yeah. The rotary (laughs) cup. Rotary cup. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, so I feel like we can kind of segue into talking about networking. So when we're talking, we've already kind of talked about referrals and how we can kind of work together, no matter what type of practice that we have, um, and refer to each other. So let's talk a bit about networking. Like, how do we do it? And I know Vicki, this is kind of one of your passions. So talk to us about that. Uh, well, there, there are two, two focuses on networking. Um, you know, you get the standard networking lecture in business class. I, th- I think it's, it serves two purposes. It educates the public and it gets exposure for the therapist. So, um, and, and this is the, the one half is uh, networking, therapist networking for their own business. F- for me as a, as a school instructor, as a, as a program director, networking is, has really added a lot of, uh, I don't, don't, the word flair comes to mind to, to our program, um, but excitement and, and energy, you know, they, we, we spend days in class doing muscle body, biomechanics, biochemistry, all all of that in class. And rarely is there an opportunity to get get out there in the world and see what actually is happening in the world of business. Um, And so I've made it a real point for my program to get my students out in public, not only providing chair massage, but actually, uh, you know, going and getting services. And we, we traveled to the Atlanta School of Massage this year and some, some wonderful people zoom into class uh, and speak to the students about, you know, relationships. We had Savannah Belmore from My Massage World come over. Love her I to love death. I love her so much. She's, we're so fortunate to have, you know, we're, we're going to Paul Kelly's well, Paul Kelly's place over in uh, is here in Knoxville, so we're going to go visit with him. But getting the students used to asking for mentorship from therapists in their community, yeah. and the way you do that, if if I can't network those people, then I can't model how they should network their businesses. If that makes sense, so I model being able to network outside of the the normal kind of business boundary. World massage festival 
is in Cherokee, which is right. about halfway between where you and I are at. Well, a little closer to you than me, probably. Yep. But it, it's here in North Carolina a lot. Mm-hmm. It's one of their favorite locations. And I know the students all wanted to go there. Like, oh, let's go for a field trip. I'm like, it's work that way, you guys. <laughs> I have to way advanced planning. Um, but no, that would be awesome to have nothing else included in their tuition membership. Yeah. To, to uh, that. Lifelong CEUs paid for if you want to. Absolutely. Dollars. It's not really right. that much. No, I mean, no, why no, not? not? you know, why not? Uh, and, and it's really amazing that, that um, I've, I've met some fantastic people. So I've, I've really made it a, a point in my own personal career over the last five years to, to just put myself out there and meet people and to make people talk to me and um, you know, going like the Facebook forums are fantastic uh, in, on, on one hand and they're awful on another hand. <laughs> <laughs> But here's, here's what I've been able to do. I've been able to kind of observe, uh, you know, the conversation and kind of which, where do I fit? Where, you know, where is the, the place that I fit the most? And finding those people that I, I respect the most in those conversations, um, you know, Julie Tudor in New York City. She's amazing. She's an amazing writer. And she's a, she's a lovely, lovely woman, you know, um, actually messaging Susan Salvo and Ruth Werner. They'll message you back. They'll they talk will. back to you. They yes. will talk to me. Yes. Exactly. Susan was a huge help when I was trying to find textbooks for the school. She, it, she yeah, was amazing. Exactly. And you know what? There are some local therapists that are just as amazing that do great things in their own communities. You know, I mean, I'm really, really fortunate. We've got Tony Perella is a great uh, therapist here. He was a former therapist. He's an Olympian and, you know, sports massage. He was part of the uh, sports team at UT for, for a long time um, back in the early two thousands. And so he's, he's a voice that can come and and be a presence, uh, you know, in, in a classroom for us, you know, Brenda in, in North Carolina or Stephanie where you're in Phoenix. I mean, Mm -hmm. just, just look and see what, therapists are doing exciting things and bring yeah. them into the fold. Well, they will help you. They will help me. I have to tell you, um, Dr. Ross is in Phoenix. So. Oh, I think that I have message with him once. Yeah, uh, he is. Yeah. So I'm, I go when he's teaching and I can put it into my schedule. I'm out there a lot. Oh, that's cool. We should meet up when you come. Yeah, the next time in Phoenix, I'll let you know so we can meet up. <laughs> that's sure. right. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> that's the way it. That's the way it works. Absolutely, go to lunch with people in your community. You know, especially yeah, like Jimmy Giolillis is a name that I think everybody knows in our community. He was inducted into the World uh, Massage Hall of Fame at the mm-hmm. World Massage Festival a couple of years ago when they were in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've worked with him a, a couple of times. I've been in his classroom. I've talked to his students and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I mean, we definitely have some really amazing therapists out here. And they're men- their mentorship that, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we have to ask them to mentor us. They, they're not going to step into our lives and go here, let me tell you what to do. Right, you know, no. and, and that's what I tell my students is that you have to ask people to come into your life. I want my alumni to come back and mentor my current students. You know, those are folks that, that have been out there and they, they understand my philosophy of, of teaching and, and, you know, exploration in the world of massage. And they come back and they can help the students that are in session or in, in school now and make sense of what they're going to be expecting and you know what are the decisions that they've made and sometimes you just need a phone call 
sometimes you need a job. Why wouldn't you build bridges with every massage therapist in the city when a job is a potential there? You know, you're going to work with somebody. You have to network to, to make, to develop those relationships. Trust me, you're going to be in a room by yourself for most of your career. Get out there and have lunch with people. Get out there and talk to people. Make them part of your experience. Make them part of your practice. Volunteer with any kind of local association that you've got. The AMTA has, has state chapters that you can get involved with. And, and be creative. Come up with new things. I mean, it doesn't have to have been done already for it to work. Um, I, I'm cursed with a billion ideas of things to do. And every once in a while, one will really work. And it generally has to do with bringing therapists together to do something. You know, I reach out, the, the therapists in my community that I consider my mentors, they answer the call when there comes time to do a volunteer thing or a charity thing or a special thing, you know, they're there on the list and they act, they react to, to the, the possibility and they understand the value of it. I, I love putting massage therapists on television. I love it. I love putting people together and having their picture be in the paper. I love, you know, that's what I can offer. If you come help me, I'm going to make this, make some attention come about that. You know, you're going to get some publicity um, and you can't do that unless you ask for those relationships to happen. Um, you have to put yourself out there. I think most of us want two things, credibility and influence. We want, for some of us, some of us just want the side gig. We want, you know, the, the paycheck every once in a while, but a lot of us want credibility and in influence. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so credibility and influence. And we do that through developing relationships and learning from people that have what we want. Mm -hmm. I will say for me, um, one of the things with, when I was started at the beginning of this whole journey with what I'm doing, uh, one of the, you know, I'm like, I'm reaching out to these like famous massage therapists, right? Mm -hmm. Like Sandy Fritz. Uh, I was reading some articles that she had done in massage magazine and I was really agreeing with a lot of the work she was talking about, about unity in our profession. And it was kind of like back at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. And I was like, man, I really do agree with this. I've seen some stuff online that I don't know if I agree with, but I really agree with this. And I want to talk to her. And I was nervous. I was so nervous to talk to her, but I was like, Hey, uh, I just sent her a message on Facebook and I was like, Hey, uh, I'm Stephanie. You probably know nothing about me, but you're like, here's, I really would like to talk to you. And you know, she said yes. And I was like, Oh, Holy shit, right? She said yes. You fangirl. You totally fangirl. I did. Yep. I did. And you know, <laughs> I have done the same thing with other people in the industry that I've talked to. You like Laura Allen. I was just like, ah, mm -hmm. she's gonna be on my podcast. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I was mm -hmm. so excited, and you know, I've read like a ton of her books and stuff. And Gail Wood, uh, I love her too. Like all these therapists from North Carolina, too, right? <laughs> I know they are. They're, I, I know they're. They're just up the road for me. <laughs> yeah. Gail like super helped me at the beginning of my career. I took one of her rebooking classes and I've been following her for all this time. And then finally I got her on my podcast and got to meet her. And I was like, yes, <laughs> it's super exciting to be able to do that. But it's definitely nerve wracking too. When you're just like, I'm just a nobody over here. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you help me? It, it, it takes a courage, courageous step to, to step into that, you know, and some, some of them will completely ignore you there. <laughs> <laughs> or they don't know what you want. They're like, I'm busy. You know, I, there was somebody I reached out to in Canada. It was she owned a school up there, and I needed I needed some 
um, advice on case studies. And she, you know, she's like, yeah, I'll help. And then ghosted me. So <laughs> I, I just don't take it personally. You know, I found, yeah. I found a different resource. So, so yeah. Yeah. You're lucky that it, you've got a bunch of local therapists over there that are yeah, I don't know them personally. I, I don't really know them very well at all. Um, when I was putting the school together, I actually reached out to multiple school owners because it's a it's a confusing process on mm -hmm. um, what you need to do within within North Carolina. And I would call the board and say, I don't I don't understand this next step. And they're like, Oh, well, we're not sure. Um, but we'll get back to you. And of course, that's not very reassuring at all. Mm -hmm. um, and it, there was one school owner in Greensboro, Shelly Johnson, that She's the one that responded to me when I reached out to her. She's the only one that got back to me and she's phenomenal. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I met Mary, she owns a school up in New Jersey when I was taking my MLD class up there. And so, yeah, you meet people. And you mm -hmm. Absolutely. Follow up with those conversations. Yes, mm -hmm. definitely. Definitely. Yeah, follow up with awesome an email. to do that. You know, yeah. all these people you were following, you can actually like have real conversations with them and they're amazing, you know? Yeah. I love it. I love it. So, um, Brenda, the last thing I wanted to kind of touch on, and I know this is kind of one of your, um, major, uh, passions in the industry is misclassification. Let's talk <laughs> about that. That also drives me insane. So uh, <laughs> let's talk about misclassification. Oh, I do not like it. Uh, it's I don't actually, think anybody likes it. I think when I was in massage school, um, well, I'm 42. So I've only been a massage therapist for seven years. So when I went to massage school, I was in my mid thirties, early thirties. Um, not, you know, not a kid out of high school or anything like that. Um, I was probably the only one in my class that was like, I don't want to own my own business. I'm pretty, I'm cool working for anyone else at the time. It was massage. We are, our town only had a misogyny at that time. I wasn't opposed to working for them. I just, when I graduated and I got my license, the reason I did not go there is because I knew I wanted to do abdominal work. I knew I would be doing a lot of glute work um, just with the way I knew the type of work I wanted to do, even though I had no idea how to do that type of work. Um, and I knew misogyny had a lot of rules and restrictions on that. And I, I, I do hundred percent respect that they have their reasons for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and the beauty of living where we live, we have choices to go other places. And so I started applying in different places and it was independent contractor, independent one place wouldn't even let me take the contract home. They're like, no, no, just sign here. And I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's not happening. So I was like, what do I have to lose? I rented my own room and. I even had a massage teacher tell me that I was not good enough to have my own business. Um, and I was like, eh, who cares if I fail? I mean, it's not the end of the world if I don't make it successful. Um, well, seven years later, I have six therapists that work for me and pretty darn good, successful clinic and a school. Um, but it, it, it just, it irks me the wrong way take care of the people you're responsible for taking care of mm -hmm. do yes. it the right way just because everyone else does it it's not does not mean it's right i really don't think there is a true situation in our industry where independent contracting is really really correct maybe in a chiropractic setting where massage is not the main advertised um service mm -hmm. um, maybe in a hospital setting I can see that but 
other than those types of settings, we're talking spa, clinic, whatever you want to call the business. I don't see it. I see it. You can be a renter. I think renters should, I, I think people who don't want to go the employer route should just go the renter route. Mm-hmm. Um, or you have the employee route where you, you have to learn how to do it. You have to learn the, the, the responsibilities that you have if you're going to be hiring somebody. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I know independent. I wrote a blog about that. Um, I don't know, a few months ago, like this whole thing has led me to do a lot of research. And I even did, I was on the massage boss summit, um, back last year and my whole presentation was on hiring. And one of the things that I gave out, and I think it's free on our website, there's still that little resource up there, um, where you can just download the differences between a W2 employee and a independent contractor. Uh, what are the tax differences? What's the tax implication to the business owner. Um, what does, what does it mean for the therapist? It's a really good, like side-by-side comparison chart. So if anybody wants that, go to my website, yes. find my blog about independent contract work. There is that resource on there. Take it. I really, for free. I really think this topic is shooting our profession in the foot mm-hmm. because we then all of a sudden, these therapists have this idea that they cannot be an employee somewhere because they want, they don't want to be controlled. Mm-hmm. That to me is like, are you saying that I control my therapist? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, they walk into their treatment room. They're required to have personal liability because I'm not overlooking their shoulder. They, they're the ones that are responsible for that client in that room. All I am saying is if you said you're going to work the shift, please show up for your shift. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not responsible for anything else other than rebooking clients and being the best therapist you can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we down here, uh, in Phoenix and even like the Susan area, we see a lot of stuff where it's like, uh, people will get hired as an independent contractor and then, uh, they they have someone booking all of their appointments. They have all of their clients information in their computer. Mm-hmm. They're not really an independent contractor. They have to show up at work at certain times. They have to wear a certain thing. Like, you know, and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about, you know, how do we, you know, when I, when I want to refer a client out to see somebody else and someone else wants to refer a client out to me, when you are working in a large building with multiple therapists and they're all independent contractors, you legally cannot just have that client information go back and forth. You can't tell that other therapist what's going on because unless you, you have a signed form from the paper, like two doctors working in two different clinics can't just share medical information with their, about their client. They have to have a signed consent form to have records go back and forth. Are those mm-hmm. independent contractors doing that when clients go back and forth around? Not from what I've heard. I've mm-hmm. never heard of that. And mm-hmm. the one of the beautiful things about having them all as W2, um, W2s is they have access to the same client file. I'm allowed to share the, the clinic case of that. You know, of course we don't share about, you know, cause we're more than just therapists. We're therapists as well in these, some yeah. of these sessions. And of course mm-hmm. we don't share that stuff on with each other. But if I'm working, you know, like, Hey, I, I'm working this low back. I want to know that I work the erectors really well. I work the QLs. I work the glute medius, the maximus. Um, Katie, I want you to really focus, if you can, on the abdominals and the psoas and the quads, and maybe we can work out that balance. 
we can work together, we're allowed to legally share that information back and forth. Um, so if we want to continue this whole networking idea that I have never met a therapist who's against it, we need to do it legally mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those releases are important for sure. And Stephanie, you mentioned your resources. That's fantastic. I can't wait to download that and hand yes. that out for my students for sure. Yes. Savannah's got a lot. She's got a couple of videos about independent contractor on, on My Massage World. And I know mm-hmm. she's got a ton. I think she actually has a, a release for a physician's release and a referral release that you can download for free um, from her from her website. Um Savannah is a, is, a, is a whole wealth of knowledge. She Absolutely. Is. I have been following really her since I started massage therapy. She's amazing. I hope yeah. to get her on here to talk oh. soon. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just, I'll, I'll send her an email, Stephanie. That's right. She sure will. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, I, I, I yeah, was going to so say, like, Stephanie, I just wanted to say, mention that um, I, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being an employee, a full-time employee. It's expensive yeah. for the business owner, for sure. I, I, Brenda, I, my hat off to you. I did it for a little while. I had three employees and I, it was so expensive. I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah, you know do what? that. Yeah, I, I, with, I have, there's six of us. So legally, because I'm a, I'm a incorporation, I, myself, I'm an employee. I have to pay mm-hmm. myself as an employee. Right. Um, so my, my, yeah, my tax bill is, is a good six, seven. It's big. Yeah. It's big. On it. It's, it's, it's not cheap, Mm-mm. um, but it's worth it. I tell you what though, there is, I love seeing my staff grow. I have some of the best therapists ever work for me. They are amazing, amazing therapists. And you know what? They have things going on in their lives or they want to do other things that they don't want to go home and do laundry. They don't Mm -hmm. want to go home and do these other, these other tasks. And so I get the joy of like, I'm going to use Katie as an example because she, I know she won't mind is she loves going home and being a mom. And I love the fact that I get to give that to her. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she's worth it. You know, I, there's not a person that I've never, ever worked with. that's not worth it, mm-hmm. but it is hard. It is very hard. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive. There's a lot of liability to it. Um, because when something is wrong, they don't see it as their, and I don't understand why people go the independent contractor route, because when something does go wrong, say a therapist does do something really bad. Right. It's never that therapist that one that actually did the whatever was bad. They're not the ones that the public points to that point to the branch. So mm-hmm. why would the owner put themselves at risk for that? Yeah. That doesn't yeah. make sense to me. It's just it one of those things. I'm like, why, why would you, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense to me either. Besides, I, don't get it. I get to offer PTO. I get to offer retirement plans. I get to offer, you know, um, I took them all to London a couple of years ago, which was amazing. Um, and maybe someday our next goal is Thailand, but COVID and God knows what's going on with that. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. One of my motivating factors with, with opening a school is these therapists, they're being taken advantage of mm-hmm. right and left. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just, I, I don't want to see it happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Me either. I that's I think where that's we step why in. A lot of people open schools. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. It's one of the things, one of the reasons why I wanted to come in and give some education too, because I got a lot of business knowledge behind me. There's a lot back in there that I could offer. And I've seen, I've been on the, you know, the spectrum from the, you know, the franchise therapist to, you know, lead therapist in a franchise. I've worked at spa. I've been a spa manager where I've seen kind of like all the, the whole gamut of, you know, what this is. And I can see very clearly where there are issues. Mm-hmm. You know, and those are the things that I want to try to tackle. Like, how can we bridge this gap or this problem, you know, mm-hmm. moving forward? So I think we can really, truly put this whole IC thing to rest. I mean, just stop it. If therapists would, I mean, right now, a massage therapist can walk into any place and pretty much get hired on the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so if they would not work for companies that classified them that way, they would not, those companies would not exist right. or they, those companies would come back to just being solo practitioners. Mm-hmm. And again, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a solo practitioner. Um, and I, I think uh, it goes to um, also schools and a lot of people promoting this false idea that you're not successful if you don't own your own business. Uh, and I, I think agreed. that is so misleading and so sad because to me, I see the success of what my therapists are doing and they don't own their own business, but holy cow, the work that they're doing, the mm-hmm. clients that they're helping, you can't tell me they're not successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have I have former students that have worked for the franchises for most of their career, if not all their career, and they have been able to purchase homes of course no one can buy a house right now but <laughs> I, I don't I don't own my own house and I've had my own business you know I mean who am I to say in any capacity that that whatever makes a therapist successful is their bottom line I mean that's they get to decide you know if they're successful or not for sure yeah I feel and like I, it can be a little harder with that variable income you know in the in the franchise environment but honestly those therapists have a lot of um they have a lot of room for upward mobility mm-hmm. that they those don't get franchises don't underestimate them. I've been working with yeah. them as they come in with the schools there, you know, that they want to hire a therapist. I'm hearing more about it. They're, they're, they're get they're wisening up. Yeah. And I would say those of us that are independence owners with small mm-hmm. businesses, if we don't pay attention, we don't jump it ahead of them we're going to lose out and they're going to be even more successful because they're starting to learn and the therapist will go where they're treated right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. And you know, it's kind of been a goal of mine and why, why I have been so vocal. I'm like, I hope the franchise is listening to me. I really Mm -hmm. hope they are because if they fix it, then we don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I do hope that they are listening. I do hope there's some franchise owner out there listening and just learning, you know, what, what are we talking about and not Mm -hmm. getting offended by the information that we're putting out there, you know, maybe we have therapists on here. They complain about this or they complain about that. They complain online. You know what I mean? And I know it's really hard as a business owner where, you you know, I think a lot of people start taking that stuff kind of personally sometimes because things are difficult. They are difficult. Right. But when you can look at it objectively and go, okay, well, they're, they're actually kind of telling us what they want. They're telling us what they need, you know, and the franchise can do that. They can sort of take that step back and go, Oh, I see what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I was just thinking, if independent contracting really was something that was that we legally could do, this 
franchises would 100% be doing it. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause it is very expensive. Yeah. And the franchises know that if they don't do it legally, <laughs> they won't be in existence because mm-hmm. the IRS likes their money. Right. Yep. So um, I, I just think, you know, pr- keeping promoting your, your information that you have, Stephanie, to people who want to come up and start you know, the money and that, that Facebook group that I monitor that you're in Stephanie um, mm-hmm. or the in place, the employers group, yeah. I never allow people in there unless they already have therapist a w2 only because it's a different it's a different ball game mm-hmm. if we decided early on sarah and i decided early on we wanted the group really to be more about supporting us as an as employee as employers versus constantly teaching people how to be an employer so um but there are some great resources out there savannah hundred percent. I cannot. Yeah. I have done a personal consultation with her when I did my last pay increase, um, and my last price increase. I cannot, she knows her numbers. I mean, I know my numbers, but she knows how to teach numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a teacher. Yeah. Like I spent last year learning what do the employees want, right? I surveyed them. I surveyed a crap ton of people, right. And just asked them all the questions. Like, what do they want to see in their jobs? How do they want to make this better? What do, what are their ideas? And I really wanted to spend this year learning more from the employers. What do they want to see? You know, what do they think is wrong? What, where can we help them too? You know, and I feel like it's so important because, uh, I don't know how much help or support employers in our industry actually get from, you know, do they have an association? Do they have somewhere where they can go to, you know, actually get the kind of help and the networking stuff that they need? Like, that's why I started that group because I, (laughs) there isn't any really support that I know of. I mean, my state board is totally cool with, in, with misclassification. I mean, I mean, if you're an independent contractor, you don't have to have the establishment license. Mm. Only the person who owns the thing has to have it. Or, and then they, I don't know. It's, it's so weird if you, but if you share a room and you're both are just renters, then you have to have it. But if you don't share a room, you don't work with anybody. You're just hundred percent solo. You don't have to have it. I, it's so weird. So our that state's really not that great on it. Um, and I, and I know there are several people that just, that's not their, it's not their passion. That's not where they, they fall in, but, um, yeah, I definitely do want to see, uh, independent practitioners and massage therapy owned employers come up in our industry. You know, Brenda, when you're talking about how we're going to be behind the franchise again, because they're learning and they're catching up, right. We don't, I don't want to see that happen. I would mm-hmm. love to be able to see more of our massage therapy owned employers in that spotlight, you know, well, it, it's both ways because if the massage therapist get it right, franchises don't stand a chance yeah because massage therapists want to work for another massage therapist Mm -hmm. they really really do they want that well you understand what I'm going through that type of backing um they want to be able to pick someone else's brain for like oh you know this or you know that what about that um and, and I think the American public really loves supporting small businesses Mm-hmm. And I really think we can be successful with it, but not if we don't get our 
stuff together. That's right. Are there any times that you do independent contract work? Have you have you contracted out? Because there are a couple of times that that it it really works well. And I'll um, uh, examples will be concerts. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you contract with a, a company that's out of like like stagehands or something like that. Mm-hmm. That that's obviously an independent contractor mm-hmm. uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, through that company was able to go to Bonnaroo and do chair massage. That was amazing, you know, but, but experiences like that, uh, I don't think therapists should shy away from because they are, they're very lucrative and they're exciting. They're really exciting, but not daily is what you're talking about. So yeah. They're actual really independent contracting position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a short term set thing for a set rate. Right. It's not a variable rate. It's not a, well, there's no end time to their contract. There, those are, I mean, that's, that's the difference between the right. two. Yeah. I personally have never done anything like that. Have you, Stephanie? I, I've just been it. so busy with my clinic and the school <laughs> now that I, I, I don't even travel. I don't even do travel massages because mm-hmm. I'm just too busy. Yeah. I just don't want to carry that table anywhere. No. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> no, I know. I'd rather I can see three people at my office if I they came to me versus me seeing one person if I had to travel to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. yeah. So definitely, I think in that case that that situation it's okay, right? Stage yeah. business, that sounds so fun. Oh, it's I exciting. Like concerts. Oh man, yeah. I I love that. That would just it's be so exciting. Yeah, that I, would just I honestly be a think that if somebody like Vicky, you called me up and you said, "Hey, you want to do this concert here on this day? I'll contract you for this price." And I'm like, "Sure, I'm free. Just give me like a six month advance notice." Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that I I'd be I'd be down for something fun like that, and yeah, yep. I would. Yeah, that's that's yep. that's, that's cool. Yeah. How can people find you and get some more information from you? So, Go ahead, Brent. <laughs> this is not the part I'm good at. <laughs> um, well, for the clinic, um, healinghandsbodytherapy.com. We have a website. Um, we're located in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, that's where I that's where I was born. Oh, was it military? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yep. I was in the Definitely military. A military town here. Um, <laughs> the school is imbtnc.com. I think. Um, so if you're looking to go to school, we are the actually only school this part of the state. So there's nothing south of us or from us to where Charlotte is all the way up to the coast. There isn't any other, any yeah. other school. Yeah. So filling a need there. Um, but no, I, I don't sell anything other than massage. Well, your <laughs> Facebook group, what's the name of your group? Oh, the Massage Therapy Employers? Yeah. Um, yeah, if you, the, the only requirement is that you do have to already have W-2 employees in, in that group. Um, not, not that we don't want other people to become W-2 employers. It's just that particular group. And, um, and there are so many great other resources and, you know, online stuff, which sometimes I, I cringe when I hear some of the advice that's going out there. Of um, course. But um, like you said earlier, there's great things with Facebook and there's horrible things with Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> All right, cool. And then Vicki, how about you? How can people find you? Um, I think LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me. Um, I, I do have a Facebook page, Vicki S. Winston, LMT. Um, 
I think it's at Massage Gardens is the Facebook moniker. Um, but LinkedIn, I, I think that's the best place to kind of connect with me if you want to reach out. Um, for anyone who wants to do CE providing, um, Scott Dartnell, I hope you listen to this. <laughs> I want him to bring uh, his uh, conference to East Tennessee. Um, and I actually have the facilities now that can handle it. Um, so I really want to, to encourage um, anyone that wants to do continuing education. I've got a 1500 square foot lab with 10 hydraulic tables that need to be utilized more than Ooh, it is nice. for the massage program. Yeah, they need to be used. So um, LinkedIn, great place to hook up with me. Um, also support the school, support my, support my program. I'm going to just, you know, uh, build a, a wall of love around um, the massage lab at RSCC. That's our Facebook page. So if you'll like uh, and share uh, some of the shenanigans there, you get to see some of the mentorship that, that we've been able to cultivate over the last year or so. Um, but that's, those are what my students are doing. And that's kind of where I'll talk about what I'm doing. Get a book called critical, critical conversations. Um, and okay. it's actually available. You have it. Yeah. 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 So critical conversations, how to communicate, especially for those of us who are, who are uh, introverts. We don't, you know, like I'm going to go and pass out on the couch after this because I, this is so much talking, you know, have some yeah. chocolate and, and pass out. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, being able to, to hone our message, make sure that we have the credibility that we want, make sure that we're speaking of a pla from a place of uh, organic uh, understanding of the message that we're trying to send, um, reaching out of that, that uncomfortable place, uh, you know, and kind of moving beyond that comfort of the treatment room, which is where we're, we're the best, where we feel the best, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, being able to do that is, is, uh, is going to be great. And you're doing yeah. great work, Stephanie, you're doing great work. I think, um, it's, it takes a lot of courage to step out in front of people, especially, uh, people in this industry, especially a woman in this industry. Um, thank you for, for, you know, kind of making an example of, of what it can look like for someone to step out and have courage and, and, and do what they say they want to do. You, yeah. you had, you had, you saw a need instead of just going, well, we should do blah, blah, blah. You said, well, let's do blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so yep. yeah. good work. Good work. Yeah. Don't let anybody Thank discourage you so you. much. Thank you. It's been really hard. It's been really hard. I will not lie. <laughs> holy shit it's been hard yep. but yeah. but uh, i feel like we're uh, we're in such a good place right now compared to where you know where i was two years ago uh i think i started this off like emotional i was scared i was nervous but i was like and i'm just gonna do it mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean and it's it's grown so much and i've grown so much you know and i've gotten to meet so many amazing people that i was just like I, I love this industry and everybody that I've met is just like, Oh, they're like the most amazing person on earth. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, once you get face to face and start talking to them. So I'm so yeah. glad I did this. Yep. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank You're you for welcome. having me. Yeah. Thank you both so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Great conversation. This was Vicki and Brenda and I'm Stephanie, and you've been listening to the USO LMT massage podcast. Um, I'm taking mother's day off. So I'll be back again the week of May 22nd with more awesome guests. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening.